Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. It's early on this Monday morning, February 12th. Glad that you are with me. A, a little PSA for you. In case you're sad that the football season is over, we now have 193 days until college football week zero. Did that make you feel better? Or worse, because that's kind of a a long time from now. But glad that you guys are here nonetheless. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, what are you doing? Pull out your phone, search Rebel Report in your favorite podcast app, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. Uh, Let's start with basketball, though. We're going to get into the baseball stuff. Mike Bianco had his... uh, 45-minute long uh, season introductory press conference. Is that what we can call it? The the opening week press conference from Mike Bianco was really good, actually. Uh, A lot of... If you haven't listened to it yet, honestly, you should. And I really don't encourage you to listen to that many press conferences because oftentimes they can get really coach-speaky and whatnot. But I I thought there was some good stuff in there. From, uh, from Mike Bianco, and uh, so I'd encourage you to listen to it. But we'll talk about that. He released his rotation and lineup, and based on context from listening to him, that that's not etched in stone. There's there's going to be a lot of, of moving around with this, uh, with this lineup and rotation uh, over the first few weeks of the season. At least it feels like that is going to be the case. So we'll get to that here in a second. I want to start with basketball, though, because there's a game tomorrow night in Rupp, as you know, or at least I think you know by now, that uh, that Ole Miss is at Kentucky tomorrow night. And also, as you likely know, Rupp is not a place that Ole Miss uh, has had a lot of success in over the years. And that goes for a lot of people, honestly. It's, um, It's one of those venues in college basketball that you look at having to go to Rupp is pretty daunting. It's a gigantic venue and a a really passionate fan base. So it, it applies to most people that going into Rupp and winning is not really something that uh, that happens very often. And especially when you consider the fact that Kentucky, when they lost on Saturday, lost three straight home games for the first time in the history of the arena. And they lost to Gonzaga. Not a particularly good Gonzaga team compared to what we're used to seeing from Gonzaga. Definitely not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but... Uh, Gonzaga went in there and came back from from down pretty big, made 15 of their final 17 baskets, and beat Kentucky in Rupp. So Kentucky lost uh, again. There's a lot of unrest up there right now. There's a lot of talk about how how Kentucky is um, is susceptible to veteran physical teams, for example, or they're just. Um, they're just not it right now, despite being supremely talented. This is a huge opportunity 
tomorrow night for uh, for Ole Miss. It's still kind of a free shot. I'm not going to sit here and say that losing at Kentucky is some kind of uh, you know bad thing. Now it's not good. Losing's not good either. But you get my point, right? Like just because Kentucky has lost three straight games in Rupp Arena does not mean that it's not an extremely difficult place to play with a really talented roster on the other side of the court from you. But this feels like the best opportunity for Ole Miss to go to Rupp and get a win in quite some time. It is, again, it's a vulnerable Kentucky team. It's very clearly easy to plan and scout and beat them, obviously, because people keep doing it. But these opportunities for Ole Miss haven't really come like this. And I don't necessarily say I want. I, I like Ole Miss's chances, but I really like where this game falls for them. I was talking to somebody about this game last night, and, and I told him, I was like, hey, Kentucky's lost three in a row. That's never happened. And he was like, well, then you definitely know Ole Miss is losing. I'm not entirely sure about that. It's kind of a free shot. It's a huge opportunity. Now, that fan base is so big and powerful that you're still going to have a, a difficult environment because that's what they create. But it's definitely not going to be you know, what you usually get out of Rupp. Like I said before, there's a little unrest there. It's a big opportunity for what should be a rested Ole Miss team. They had the bye this weekend, as you guys know. I assume that they got to spend some time uh, doing a lot of scouting of Kentucky. If there's any ailment, if if somebody turned an ankle or whatever and was playing on it, they, they had a chance to get healthy. Chris Beard probably had a, a couple of practices that he was able to refocus some of the guys after what happened in Columbia. And the off week came at an opportune time for Ole Miss. You're going to hear that kind of phrase uh, often during football season, especially with the two bye weeks this year. But the off Saturday is to Ole Miss's benefit. Kentucky had to fight a pretty tough battle with Gonzaga when they ultimately lost, while Ole Miss got to sit at home and rest. And now Kentucky's got a quick turnaround on Tuesday, and Ole Miss is going to come in there, uh, you'd assume, with some confidence uh, to play well and win. Now, Rebounding's a massive issue. I mean, that, that can just get talked into the ground with this Ole Miss basketball team at this point. But Gonzaga dominated Kentucky on the glass. Ole Miss is a real opportunity here. I'm very excited to see how they handle and how Chris Beard has handled the uh, the last few days after uh, that, that comeback and you know the personnel decisions he had to make uh, in Columbia. Very curious to see how they're uh, able to respond to that because it – you should have a really fast and and focused team going into Rupp tomorrow night. Really looking forward to seeing how they respond to it. It's a big opportunity for them to go in and steal one. Uh, Joe Lenardi has them among the last four teams in the NCAA tournament as of this weekend. So a loss to Kentucky is not going to change you know, much about that status. Maybe they fall out into first four out, but... Plenty of opportunities for wins ahead of them, but if they can go into Rupp and get this one, uh, it will get them right back into the safely in category with winnable games remaining on their schedule. So uh, need to have better games from from Breakfield. Need to have better games from Murray. Got to get physical. Got to rebound the basketball. But the opportunity is right in front of this team. We'll see if they can capitalize on it. We'll turn the page to baseball right after I tell you the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if your Mississippi business is in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to 
cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is, if it's technology, if it's in the office, and your Mississippi business needs it, Advantage Business Systems has you covered. ABSMS.com, again, is website. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me at Advantage Business Systems. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. You got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. Priority One Bank makes you their priority with their online banking platform. All you need is an internet connection, and you can do whatever you need to do with your money because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. They also have local loan servicing and decision making, so you don't have to get on the phone or on Zoom with somebody out of state. If you need a loan or need your loan serviced, it's somebody that you sit down with face to face. You get to know because, again, Priority One Bank makes you their priority. So Mike Bianco had his uh, opening introductory press conference. Again, I, like I told you at the beginning, I would encourage you to watch it, actually. It's uh, pretty good stuff from uh, from Mike Bianco, but here's a few things that we learned from that whole thing. Uh, first of all, second most season tickets sold of all time, second only behind the, uh, the year after the national championship. Over 8,000 season tickets sold for Ole Miss baseball this year. And so, you know, th- this isn't really a conversation that, that I think is worth having at the moment anyway, but people do talk about this. Um, if you think that Mike Bianco is uh, on a win or get fired track this year, I, I think, un- unfortunately for you, if, if you think that, um, the season ticket number kind of tells you that that's not, um, that's not happening or going to happen, paired with the contract and the buyout too, but... As long as baseball continues to break even or become a little bit profitable, and that season ticket number tells you that again this year Ole Miss baseball is going to do that, you're not firing a coach. It's just not really on the table. It's also an incredibly impressive number, by the way. It just it shows uh, how dedicated the the fan base is uh, to baseball. It's it's actually pretty incredible that that Ole Miss, even after the season that they had last year is selling over 8,000 season tickets for, for baseball. So really cool. I absolutely love that uh, about Ole Miss, uh, how dedicated the you guys are to baseball. It makes it a lot of fun uh, to, to sit back and watch and cover, and the environments are incredible because of you guys. And Anyway, so that uh, was mentioned at the top, second most season tickets ever sold for Ole Miss baseball. There's also that debate. Going around about the uh, the student section not getting the uh, previously planned update that they've instead opted to do the uh, the club seating extension down the third base line. Uh, it's going to just again be almost an extension of the Rebel Club down the third base line. The renderings didn't show it angled facing the field like it's going to be. It's going to be angled facing the field. It's not going to continue to go in that same direction. There won't be an angle, so the seats will actually face the field, but there's a lot of debate on the internet about why that is what they've chosen to do instead of the outfield upgrades to the student section in, in left field and why that is what they did, and, and people and fans are disappointed that, uh, that that is what's happening first as opposed to the outfield projects and that the students deserve better and stuff like that. Uh, for whatever it's worth, uh, I understand where you're coming from. In a perfect world, they would move the student section right up on the fence. Uh, I think that would uh, further enhance what is already a pretty awesome environment. 
uh, for Ole Miss baseball. That day will come. Uh, I, hopefully it comes soon because it would be awesome. Frankly, I think it would be really cool if they made the fence uh, chain link or see-through of some kind and um, and did it that way where the students didn't start on top of the fence. They started on field level, but th- that's getting into the weeds. The point is, I would love to see them get that upgrade one day, but I completely understand why that day is not today. What's going on in college sports is you are asking the same people to now spread out their money. Because when you have NIL being as important as it is, I mean, they put the football project on hold because what's more important in football? Upgrading your stadium or having the money to pay for the five-star defensive tackle that's going to be a possibly top 15 pick next year. You know, what's more important? The the stadium is not what gets you Walter Nolan. The NIL collective is what, in part, helps you get Walter Nolan. And it's the same people that are having to give money to both. There's a finite amount of money available for NIL and the stadium projects. One of them is now more important than the other. And so if you're going to do a stadium project, it's got to be one that will at least break even, if not generate revenue. Because again, I know that you know the Champions Now campaign is different from the NIL collective, but they are asking the same people to give money. It's the same people with a finite amount of money. And so this baseball project will make money. It will pay for itself. A student section upgrade will not make money. It will be a financial loser. And right now, in this current state of college athletics, you cannot take on financial losers unless you really have to. And by and besides, look, the, the outfield section for the students could stand to be upgraded, absolutely. I spent four years out there. Nothing has really changed since I spent four years out there. But I had a blast for four years. Every single game, it was awesome. I got to sit in a chair and bring in a cooler with whatever I wanted inside of it and watch baseball for free. It was amazing. It's not like the students are being tortured out there. It is an awesome thing. And now they don't even have to set up their own chairs. Like, that is all provided for them. They just have to show up. And a seat is there for them. And they can bring whatever beverage they want inside of the game. Like, let's not pretend like the students are... Like, they're having a great time out there. The section is is awesome. It's a it's a great thing. It could stand to be upgraded, sure. But they are absolutely fine out there. Every time they show the student section at an Ole Miss baseball game, it looks like everybody's having a good time. It would be a financial loser to do it. And while NIL money is as important as it is, upgrading, losing money projects is a bad decision because those same donors that would pay for that project are being asked to pay for the football players and soon the basketball players. Seriously, like after this season, Chris Beard is going to upgrade that roster dramatically. That's going to cost money. I mean, hell, the baseball team right now, we're going to talk about the the volume of transfers that they've got. Those guys cost money too now in in baseball. And so I get it. I I, I wish that that upgrade would happen, but... it would be a stupid thing to do right now when you're asking those boosters to get the players. The players are more important than the stadium upgrades, especially when the student section is awesome and, and Ole Miss baseball has a top 10 facility in the country. It's it's fine. It's unfortunate that this is how it is now, but this is how it is now. And hopefully they get to it 
maybe when this NIL stuff gets regulated to some degree, they can get back to focusing on stadium upgrades like that. But in the meantime, getting players is more important than upgrading the baseball student section, especially when it's still a pretty awesome thing in a cool environment. So for whatever my opinion on that is worth, there that is for you. Um, I'm actually kind of excited uh, to see what happens with this baseball team, especially as we inch closer to opening day, which Friday night after 1030, by the way, I think the only game that you're going to be able to watch this weekend is uh, is Friday night. I think that is the case on ESPN+. Plus. You may be uh, reduced to radio uh, for the rest of them. I could be wrong about that, but de- Friday night is definitely listed on ESPN+, Plus for uh, for whatever that's worth to you. But you got to stay up late. 10, 10.35, I think, is the, the scheduled first pitch for you. So, you know, brew some coffee and uh, try to stay up like I will. But I'm excited about... More, more curious than excited, I guess, about what th- this team can be, what uh, what the season's going to look like. There's a lot of potential here. And I know that P word is a very, very dangerous word. Potential can get you in a lot of trouble. If you talk about potential as if it's reality, and that reality doesn't come true, then everybody thinks that, uh, that, that you're an idiot, which, you know, I am uh, kind of on uh, a daily basis. But Point is, I think that there's a lot of potential here. There's a real chance that this team is quite good. There's also a chance that they fall on their face like they did a year ago. Last year's team should have been uh, good, and uh, and they were not. But uh, I think there's a lot of potential here in this lineup. I think that Luke Hill and Andrew Fisher and and Jackson Ross and, uh, I mean, Judd Udermark, and these guys have a chance to be quite good. And I know Rivas is gone, but there's some potential on the pitching staff. That P word is a dangerous word, but I am curious to see if the pieces come together and uh, and this team rebounds from what was a disaster last year. And, and also, I think that Mike Bianco can figure this out. There are too many people in the fan base, and, and I know that this is a conversation that you can never change any minds, but I think there are too many people that think that Mike Bianco somehow is a bad baseball coach. I, I, I can't kind of wrap my mind around that. He He's really good, guys, and there's a chance that, um, like with most things, uh, they, are, they are at an end and time has passed him by or whatever, but... Uh, I've I've seen too many Ole Miss baseball teams be good uh, because of Mike Bianco, and so I'm not going to count them out before I see them fail. If uh, if that makes sense, um, but this is a very important year for uh, for for Bianco, obviously considering what happened last year. So uh, the lineup that he well, we'll start with the pitching rotation. Actually, four games in Hawaii, replacing Xavier Rivas is going to be quite interesting. And at least for the opening weekend, we know how Bianco is going to do it. So JT Quinn is going to start Friday night. Gunnar Dennis is going to be the Game 2 starter, so there's a doubleheader on Saturday. Gunnar Dennis, the uh, community college, or the junior college, forgive me, but same difference. Uh, the, the lefty is going to start in Game 2, Grayson Sonnier, Game 3, and Riley Maddox, Game 4. And uh, Bianco, in his press conference, emphasized that th- there's... Like, that's not set in stone. That is just, uh, he, he's rewarding Dennis, who had the best uh, training camp, if you will, 
And so he's getting the opportunity because he said, Bianco said he performed the best of all the pitchers. And so he's going to be rewarded with the opportunity to show that he belongs in the rotation. Uh, clearly values having a lefty in that rotation. Does not want to go with three right-handed pitchers if he doesn't have to. So Gunnar Dennis is going to get the start on um, on Saturday. This isn't set in stone, though. I, I kind of feel like these first few weeks you're going to get auditions as opposed to this is his job and he's going to have to lose it uh, as opposed to this is an opportunity, if that makes sense. I mean, because I think we're going to see Wes Mendez. I think we're going to see Liam Doyle, for example, uh, at some point uh, moving on into the season. But uh, here's your opportunity on the road, uh, not a particularly difficult place to play or anything like that, but uh, this is the rotation for now, and I think that's a very important thing, dot, 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 for now. Same thing with the lineup that Bianco put out there, dot, 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 for now. They've got some time, it seems, to figure some things out. I mean, don't forget that the national championship team didn't start uh, it didn't have their rotation figured out. Dylan DeLucia wasn't a full-time starter until April. Now, I wouldn't encourage Ole Miss to, to do that this time around, but they've got some time. I mean, with these four games with Hawaii, they've got high point on the schedule. Uh, they can give guys some opportunities. Iowa's going to be an interesting test on the first weekend of March as well, but there, there's a lot of time and a lot of different pieces that they're going to get looks at before the, um, they, they need to settle into a rotation. So, for now is going to be kind of the theme here, but that is your opening weekend four-game rotation for Ole Miss. Uh, Josh Mallett is back. That's very important. He was integral in the national championship run, as you guys know. He is back and healthy, and so he'll be an important bullpen piece for uh, for Ole Miss as well. So uh, that was good to hear, especially after the injury news uh, from the pitching staff being what it was. In the field, Again, this is a for now thing because it's just how it is. Smithwick, the freshman from Oxford, is going to catch Andrew Fisher. The Duke transfer is going to play third base, at least on opening day. Luke Hill, the Arizona State transfer, is going to play shortstop. By the way, Mike Bianco was asked about Arizona State's coach's comments after he hit the transfer portal. Uh, I forgot about that until it was brought up in that press conference. Remember, Arizona State's coach had some really... Uh, awful things to say uh, about him after he left Arizona State and both Bianco and one of the players that was interviewed uh, not only uh, talked about Luke Hill glowingly, but uh, really just said the opposite of what Arizona State's coach uh, said. I, I completely forgot about that. And uh, I remember at the time thinking that was just a coach that was extremely salty and um, handled that situation like a toddler airing whatever grievances he had, frustrations out in the media, attacking one of his players was a horrible, horrible look. And now hearing from both Bianco and a teammate of his from Ole Miss um, just kind of further confirms that point. Uh, if you guys don't remember that, I would encourage you to check it out just to see you know, what he said if, if you forgot that that happened like I did. But um, that that's not a concern. At least it doesn't feel like that's a concern uh, the way Arizona State's coach put it out there. I mean, he said that they got better uh, with him gone, and uh, obviously that is not true. Anyway, Reagan Burford going to start at second base. That is one of those for now things, at least it feels like, uh, because Leger is not in this opening day lineup. He's going to play a lot along with a handful of other guys. Jackson Ross, the FAU transfer, going to start at first base for now. John Kramer and left. 
Although, uh, Bianco mentioned like four different guys that are going to play left field for Ole Miss. Ethan Groff in center, and Trayson Hughes, the Mercer transfer, and right, DH, uh, TBD, but uh, Judd Udemark is going to play a lot for this team. They really, really like uh, him uh, as well. They really like him. They talk about him uh, a lot, as did Bianco here. So that is your opening day lineup. Again, for now, things are going to change. They're going to play a lot of guys. They're going to take their time to figure out where these pieces fit, but I really like what they did in the portal. We talked about that during SEC media days. I remember when all these guys started committing. These are experienced players that put up really good numbers elsewhere. The question is, will they acclimate and fit well into the SEC uh, in time for them to be effective? But uh, you know that they can do it. You know Fisher and Hill and Hughes and Ross can do it at this level. They've just done it. Elsewhere, Can they get it done at Ole Miss? We will have to see. But there is talent here in this lineup. There is talent in the bullpen. Can they put it together and win some games in an extremely difficult SEC? We will uh, just have to see. So, uh, again, I would encourage you to, to listen to Bianco talk. It was very, very interesting, uh, everything that he had to say in his press conference. But baseball is here, guys. We, uh, we are just a few days away from first pitch. We will do uh, post-game, post-series reactions throughout the season, so I'm looking forward to bringing all those to you. There will also be an instant reaction from the basketball game at Kentucky uh, tomorrow night, the second the game ends, so be on the lookout for that. I appreciate you guys being here, as you always are. Thank you for tuning in and uh, and being a part, and I will talk to you again uh, tomorrow night after the Kentucky basketball game. So, Uh, Again, thank you for tuning in. I'm going to go get some coffee. You guys have a great week, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.